Well, good morning. We are very excited to be here with you this morning. We are Jared and Christina Moyer, and we do have two daughters, which I have to apologize, are sick this morning and are not able to be here with us. But we have Lily, who's five, and we have Ava, who is two years old. We're so excited to have them because, you know, they're part of our ministry because we go as a family to Honduras, and we minister together, and they open doors that could never be opened without them. So sorry you're unable to meet them, but you'll at least get to see a picture of them. Uh, but we are um, we're serving with World Gospel Mission on the island of Roatan, Honduras. And we're excited. This is our second term going back, so we're excited to tell you what God did through us while we were there the first time and what we see as God doing when we return. You heard Roatan. That may be a new name for some of you. Uh, I want to see some hands. How many of you have heard of, of the name Roatan, Honduras? Okay, Qu- quite a few. Okay, did you see that on the Discovery Channel, by chance? Maybe? Or the, the uh, cable channel where they show these million-dollar houses, maybe? And Yeah, we, we don't live on that end of the island. <laughs> we have visited. It's, it's really nice. But let me tell you about the area we live in. You see the island? Uh, it's, it's about... 34 miles long, 4 miles wide, roughly 66,000 people on the island. We're located on the eastern end of the island, and many people come to the island, to the western side of the island where the, where the hotels and everything are. Why? Because of the coral reef that surrounds the island. It's second in size to the, the Great Barrier Reef. It's beautiful there. Uh, it's extremely hot, you know, for a redhead i got to wear those big sombreros. No. And, uh, but it's really beautiful there. And the area we live in, though, is called Punta Gorda. And, and any of you up on your Spanish today? ¿Qué quiere decir Punta Gorda? What's Punta Gorda mean? Fat point. Yeah. Fat point. Now, we're still trying to locate that fat point. We haven't found it. But no, uh, nonetheless, it's called... Fat Point, Punta Gorda. We work with a people group called the Garifuna. And I'll say it again, Garifuna. Garifuna. They're from African descent. Around 214 years ago, they were being ill-used. They started to, to rebel against that slavery. And so the, the people put them on ships and sent them out to some surrounding islands, some St. Vincent in, in the area there, the Caribbean. And, and so there was a shipwreck. As they made their way into the island, they they settled into what was known as one of the first settlements of the Garifuna culture in Punta Gorda, where we're currently working. There's about 2,500 people. The Garifuna love living by the water. There is even some Garifuna churches here in the States on the eastern side of the country. But they love their heritage. They reenact every year them coming to the island. They'll put their banana plants in their little dugouts. They'll sing praises and songs. They arrive on the island. And they'll plant their flag right on, the, right on the beach area there. But they're, they're beautiful people, and you'll get to see them in some slides here a little bit later. What in the world did I do in Honduras and Roatan? Well, I'll tell you. We arrived in Honduras. We did about eight months of Spanish and study there in the mainland in Tegucigalpa. We took a little boat ride about an hour and a half out to the island, I was met by a co-worker. She said, Jared, I think you should take over the teen Sunday school class. See, I loved working with teens and kids. 
But at that time, my eyes were about this big, taking in everything. And, and I said, Karen, you know, I'll do it. I'm going to need some prayer. It took about three hours to prepare for a 45-minute Sunday school lesson. You see, because when we arrived, they not only speak Spanish, which we were prepared for, but they speak Garifuna, an extremely hard language to learn. And, and uh, we're not going to learn that by reading it, uh, but just by hearing it. Some of the kids are now teaching us. But it's an extremely hard language to learn. But they do understand Spanish, and they're taught in school uh, in, in Spanish. And so that's what, that's what we'll be speaking most of the time there. So I started teaching Sunday school class and getting to learn the needs of the kids, getting to know them on a personal level, many of them without fathers. Their fathers leave and search for, for work six to eight months out of the year. There's a lack of that family, that closeness. I met a boy named Astor. Astor is a great big broad-shouldered boy. He taught me how to file a machete. We chop our grass with machetes there. He taught me how to swing it backwards first on the blunt end of the blade. You know why that is? You're looking for rocks in the grass. So you don't dull your sharp part first. So you swing it backwards and then come forwards. If you find any rocks, you know, you kick them out of the way. Astor, though, one evening, sitting outside our church door, had his head down. He didn't come inside. I said, Astor, what's wrong, buddy? He said, well, Jared, I get up every morning. He said, I go to work. He said, I just don't feel anything anymore. I don't know how God's using me. Astor, I, I know you've accepted the Lord. I said, it sounds like you need some encouragement. It sounds like you, you need somebody to, to pray with you and kind of disciple you. I said, would you like to start meeting maybe once a week before you would go to, to work and leave? He said, Jared, I would like that. So he starts coming over to the house at 6 a.m. every morning. <laughs> I wasn't quite prepared for that. But the Lord had a plan through all of this. Astor would come, I would pray with him five minutes and, and just read several encouraging scriptures with him. Pretty soon he would start bringing his little Bible and, and, and he would say, Jared, what does this verse mean to you? What's your favorite verse, Jared? So I'd share with him and pretty soon he'd start smiling. His life began to change. He began to find the joy of the Lord and the freeness and fullness he can have in Jesus. He came to me and said, Jared, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for taking five minutes a day with me. Because I didn't think anyone cared to take five minutes, five minutes with me a day. I thought, wow, am I that selfish <laughs> that I can't? that I can't see past sometimes taking five minutes with someone a day. And so as we're here in the States, God is really using us in that capacity about sharing with others and being active in our community here. And we can't wait to return to Roatan, to those people we love called the Garifuna, and to share more experience with them and to share with them the love of Jesus. We did have a really exciting first term. We built a lot of relationships. We started learning the people, building relationships with the kids and with the adults. And we got to see their needs. And, and through seeing that, we started to feel what God was wanting us to do when we returned. 
we did see that they have a lot of needs. And, and we also see that there's not a lot of outreach into the community. Like Jared said, this is only a community of about 2,500 people. And our church has been established there for 25 years. And we met a lady in the community that didn't even know the church existed. That was amazing to me that know that we were lacking so much in that outreach that they didn't even know that it existed. And so we began praying, and God began showing us what he wanted to do through us. And we have a program called Shea, and it's Community Health and Evangelism. And we knew a little bit about it while we were there, but we were able to receive the training now that when we've been in the States to be able to take it back with us. But all Simply Che does is it goes into the community and it evaluates the needs of the people. And then it shows the people how they can achieve the goals that they want to achieve because they already have assets or they may know someone that has an asset to be able to achieve these goals. Let me just give you an example. We have a huge problem with drugs and alcohol. We're an island, so it's kind of the port for the drugs and alcohol going through to the the bigger countries. And we have nowhere, no addiction center. And so for us, we see a big need for an addiction center. Um, But we as missionaries, we could go in and we could build the addiction center, and then we could run it, and then we'd say, okay, I think it's time for you to take it over. And we'd walk away, and they'd say, that's not ours. That was the missionary's project. We don't know how to run it. And they would let it go. But this program shows the people that they need an addiction center. And then it shows the people how they are able to achieve that. And it might not be coming. Everything might not come from the people within the church. We want to go to the people outside of the church. And we want to outreach to them and ask them for help. We have people in the community that could fund the project. We have people in the community that could be counselors there. But we want them to see their need, and we want them to achieve their goals. And we want to do this through showing them a biblical basis in everything, showing the people that God doesn't just care about them spiritually. God cares about them spiritually, mentally, and physically. We live on, well, Honduras is the poorest country in Central America. So these people are lucky to have food every day. And we want to show them that God cares if they have food every day, that God cares that they get to eat. And we want to do this through this program, showing them that God does care about them. And we believe that we are going to see major change and growth in our church by just outreaching to people, showing them God's love on an everyday basis. It's encouraging to, to see you guys involved in, in community-based projects. I believe City Hope was one you shared this morning. I challenge you to be a part of that. I challenge you to be a part of that. Get involved. Why is being involved in community so important? Why, why does that matter? God's been challenging me and, share, and sharing verses with me that, that uh, are, are really challenging. And, and I want to share with you today from Matthew 22. Matthew 22, starting with verse 34, how God has been changing my heart and, and giving me a, a, a broader view of the kingdom and, and how we're to be involved. Matthew 22, verse 34. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, Which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, hang all the law and prophets. Wow. Wow. This lawyer was testing Jesus, wanted to see how much he knew about the law. Jesus responded to his question. And for me, in kind of an unusual way, because he gave more than just a single answer what this lawyer was looking for. The lawyer wanted to know, what's the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said, love God with your heart, your soul, and your mind. He said, but wait, you know, there's a second. And it's like the first. They're so closely connected. Love your neighbor. But wait, there's more. And these two words have really challenged me as yourself. You know, I really, I really believe Jesus was put these words in here. You know, it's, 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 not a, it's not an imperative to love yourself more when he said that. Love your neighbor as yourself. I really believe that he was trying to help us understand there's a world out there. There's people that have needs. Go and do likewise. Sure, we like nice things for ourselves, like to have nice things and, and, and to go do nice things for ourselves. Guess what? Love your neighbor like you love yourself. Recognize their needs. Recognize they need me. You may be the only Jesus that they see today. Can you take five minutes? Can you write a letter to someone, give them a phone call? Can you say, look, brother, sister, I'm praying for you today. God loves you. God loves you. And so do I. We have some slides we're going to show. And uh, we really believe by loving God, he's going to help us love our neighbors like we love ourselves. And we're going to see change in our church. We're going to see the lost come to know Jesus in our community. There's going to be a revival in Roatan, Honduras. We need your prayers. We need your prayers. As you watch these slides, look at these people. Pray for them. Burn that into your mind. We love these people. Watch these slides. We'll come back up here and, and, and close still makes me cry almost every time I see that. <laughs> I see it every Sunday. <laughs> I want to tell you a little bit about a couple of those slides in there. When we were asked to go to Roatan, we'd been in Honduras previously, but we didn't know where we were going to be returning to. And when they asked us to go to Roatan, they told us they needed youth workers and children's workers. That's exactly what we did. Jared worked with youth, and I had all the training I needed, all the materials I needed for the kids, and we were ready to go. And we arrived on the island, found out they already had workers for the children. And so I, I really began to pray and seek why God had taken me to Roatan. I didn't know. And so I just started going to Sunday school with Lily, and I started going to um, Thursday Kids Club and helping any way that I could, and I just began observing. And I saw very quickly that God had taken me there not to teach the kids, but to train the adults. We work with first and second generation Christians. They, don't, they never had Sunday school they didn't have vacation Bible school. They didn't have the training, training and knowledge that I had. 
And God said, I brought you here to teach them. And I can tell you that scared me to death because I work with kids, not adults. I had no idea how I was going to speak to them in Spanish like I needed to. And God just kept saying, because I'm going to do it through you. And I said, okay, that's what you want. That's what we're going to do. And so I got a two-hour seminar ready for them. And we sent out invitations to anybody that we thought would be willing to teach the kids. And you saw in the pictures there, it said training teachers. We had about 20 adults show up that night, which was a really good number. I said, maybe they just wanted to hear me speak Spanish for two hours. I don't know, but they came and they really enjoyed it. And the, the best part of it, though, was to walk away and to go back to kids club and go back to Sunday school and watch them start implementing what I had told them. I had two short hours with them, and they soaked up everything that they could. And they came to me, and before, they hadn't been prepared for kids' club. They'd open the door, and then they'd look for something to teach after the kids were already there. They came to me wanting to be prepared. We got a month ready in preparation, and then they said, maybe we better do two months. And so we got two months preparation ready, and they were so excited. The kids started learning. We separated the groups. We, we just did some simple things that they just didn't know how to do. It was so exciting. And now we're, we're excited to be able to go back because obviously they need more than two hours. They have a vacation Bible school that they do do, but it's one like I've never seen before. So we're excited to try to implement some new ways and to show them some new things to be able to do. And would you pray for us as we return to be able to train the adults to train the leadership in the church. We see that we could use some training there as well. Pray for us as we return to help the people to understand and to grow and to be able to teach the next generation. The house we lived in was about a stone throw away from the school, the local school there. And I say a stone throw because literally it was a stone throw. They have this fun game. I never played with them. They would chuck these rocks at each other. See if they could hit each other, you know? And they would end up in our gutters. So I would be up on top of the roof, you know, hey, fun game, you know, toss the rocks back at them. No, didn't throw it at them. But in the local school system, there's roughly 800 kids during the day that will attend that school. It only goes up to ninth grade. And then after that, if they want to receive more training, they have to pay to go to a private school, a vocational school. So many of them after ninth grade stay home and work. I was able to volunteer some time there in the school. Uh, I helped them with some of the computers they have. The Korean government actually donated some of the computers there in their lab. Only about half was working. So I went in and I, I opened them up and I shook them out and then planted corn. No, I didn't plant corn. There was so much dirt in them, though that uh, they needed clean. I put them back together and, and got them running and then volunteered some time. We see this school as a great opportunity to share with some 800 kids what the Lord's done for us and what he wants to do through them. You see, the director of that school has come to us and she said, if you missionaries want to come in here, if you want to share your God with these kids, that's fine. If you want to come pray, In class with our kids, you can do that. If you want to have your vacation Bible school here in our local school, in our public school, you can do that. What an amazing privilege that is. And we see God wanting to use us in that capacity as we return as well. Why is it important, our communities? How does that affect our church and 
I want to share with you. Many of you know the name William Booth. Founded the Salvation Army. And is supposed to give a, a, a message, a keynote message, the presentation. Well, he became ill. Couldn't make it. And so he sent a telegram to someone else to be able to go in, in place of him. And as they stood up to read this telegram, they were shocked to find that only one word was on this telegram. One word. Others. See, he summed up the whole movement in that one word. Others. Love God. Love your neighbor. We want to thank you so much for allowing us to come and, and to share our lives with you, share our people with you. You are a part of this ministry. Your church is already giving to this ministry, and we thank you, and we cannot thank you enough for being a part of this ministry because when we go, you go with us, and we thank you for that. We want to tell you, though, there's other opportunities if you want to come with us even more. We take work teams. We had somebody say he's a, a bricklayer in the and. We can, we can always build things. <laughs> We're trying to build our pastor's house right now. So if you have any um, thought of wanting to come, we would love to have you come down and, and work alongside of us as well. As um, Through your giving and prayers, we would love to have you alongside of us as well. We do have a table set up out back. If you want to come see us, we've got prayer cards. If you would want to be a part of the ministry yourself, we would love to share with you how we can sign you up to be a part of the ministry. Just come back and see us. We have more books. And if you want to see the grief in the language, that's pretty interesting. Uh, we've got a book back there that shows the Spanish, English, and Garifuna. It's a song book that we use in, in in um, our church. So why don't you come back and see us after service. We'd love to talk with you more. If we've missed something that you'd like to ask us, please come see us. We just really appreciate you being a part of this ministry. Thank you. Binilabu bungiyu. Grief in a word. That means God bless. God bless. As they were talking, I, I kind of... A piece of scripture came to mind. It's found in Galatians. And it reads like this. Galatians 5, 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. We don't build ladders to get to heaven by good works. Okay? We find ourselves on the pathway to heaven. And then out of the love Jesus has placed in us, some great and amazing things birth out of that moment because it goes on to say, but only faith working through love. We've watched today as somebody who's found that Jesus and his grace is the only way to live life. Step out in faith and walk towards the people that only God could direct them towards. And they've challenged us this morning that those two commandments are of the utmost importance in the mind of Jesus. To love God with all your heart. To love your neighbor like you love yourself. Can I encourage you about something? That's, that's, that is the heart of Jesus. Jesus came because he realized we could not build a walkway to heaven. 
We could not clear the, the stones out of the way ourselves that would clear a path for us. He, he came because we could not. We didn't have enough lumber to build a ladder. We didn't have enough, enough good deeds that would create a space for us in heaven. He came that he would sacrifice himself, lay it all on the line, and give himself for us that we might experience life and come out of death. The Bible says, Paul said, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But Christ Jesus came, died for sinners like you and me. And aren't you glad he did? There's not enough commandments for me to keep. I can't keep up with all of them. And so Jesus says, love me and love other people. And the rest of them will spring out of that. Is that cool or what? <laughs> I'm real simple. I need simple, I need simple terminology, man. That, just, that makes it simple, easy way to go, Aaron, roll with that. I go, yeah, all right, good. Today, if you don't know Christ, you need to. You need to understand that you're lost without him, that there is no way to heaven except to the person of Christ. And you need to realize that you can't do good deeds to get yourself there. And here's what you do. You come to him, and then he will change the inside of you. And out of the inside of you will come things that will bring glory to his name, bring glory to the Father, and will create the next step for somebody else to come to know Christ. How cool is that? We live by those three words up there. Win, disciple, send. We win people. We help them come to know Jesus better. Then we send them back to go do the same thing over again. We send people like Jared and Christina to Honduras. We send people like Sheila to El Salvador. We send people like you to Chilcothi to be a part of City Hope. That's what we do. Nothing else matters. Coming to know Jesus and making sure others do, that's all that matters. That is, that is it. Today, I'd like for us to do something. I'd like to pray for Jared and Christina and ask God to open up wide gates for them to have access to the lives of other people. But here, I want to make you understand something. If you get past Astor, you've missed it anyway. I'm sure you want to see that your money's being used to win thousands to the Lord. But see, Jesus is worried about Astor. And if, if it I will say this, if it costs us thousands of dollars to make sure Jared and Christina get to Honduras to reach Astor and help him, it's all worth it in the kingdom financial realm of thinking. So maybe it is just Astor. But if it is just Astor, let's be faithful to make sure Astor gets to hear the gospel and come to know Jesus and walk with him. Are you with me on that? Because Jesus chases the one and leaves the 90 and 9, doesn't he? Doesn't he? So I would like for you guys to, to uh, extend your hands. We're going to ask God to keep using Jared and Christina. We're going to ask them to allow us to keep partnering with people such as them. Jesus, today, we declare your goodness and your greatness today. That, Jesus, you would choose people such as Jared and Christina. God, people, God, who are just common, everyday people just like me. And do great things, do eternally significant things with. And God, we rejoice in knowing that their names are written in heaven, that our names are written in heaven. And Jesus, we pray for an open door of opportunity for them. We pray, Jesus, that the gate would swing wide open, Lord Jesus, for them to have access to people. And that those people would find the narrow gate, God. 
the narrow path, God, that would lead to life and salvation. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would orchestrate training and teaching that more and more people on Roatan, God, would come to know Christ. More and more children, more and more teenagers, God, would come to walk with Jesus. That that, that little island, God, would become full, Lord Jesus, of, of Christ followers. That, Lord Jesus, God, we pray for that, 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 that teacher, that, that, that administrator in that school that's opened up wide the gates for them to do VBS and come volunteer and pray. We pray, Jesus, I don't know where they're at in the kingdom, but God, I pray they come gloriously in, God, to follow you and to serve you even more deeply than they are right now. God, I pray, Jesus, your grace would be there. We pray protection for them, God, that, that, that God, you would watch over they and their children. God, you've, you've walked with them through some pretty difficult circumstances, Lord Jesus. You've enabled them, God, to be more than conquerors. And so, Jesus, we rejoice in knowing that. And we pray your blessing over them, your light and your life over them, God. In the great and powerful and strong name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say, amen, amen. Give God a hand clap. Would you do that? Would some of you leaders come back this way? Just join me up front. If you have a need this morning, do you need, you need Jesus? You've got a financial issue that's going on. You've got a physical issue that's going on. You've got a relational issue that's going on. You've got a, a whatever, a work issue that's going on. Listen, you can come this way if you want to. Step right this way. We'd like to pray with you. Stand with me. How many, how many would admit in humility right now, I'm a needy person. I need, G, I need Jesus to show up somehow, some way in my life. Look around, this, look around here real quick. Because I don't want anybody getting the impression that we got it all together, that we are perfect, that we got all our stuff, all our little ducks in a row, everything, because we all need Christ. How many would say right now where you said, I have a desperate need, I need Jesus to do something huge in my life? Raise your hand, raise your hand, keep, keep it up. Now see, we got all kinds of leaders waiting right now. And for you to not move and ask Jesus to intervene in your life is a wrong thing, man. In humility, won't you guys who have desperate need come? Those who don't know Christ, won't you come and let us introduce you to him. Let him introduce you to, to an area of your life, a closet that needs opened up, whatever it is. Please come now. Father, as these come, just come. Don't wait. You raise your hands and I have desperate need. Come. I'm just, see, I, I'm, just, I'm just straight to the point today. We walk out of churches all the time, still hurting, acting religious and all sorts of things. And God wants to do something crazy in our lives, and we just don't even give him a chance. Come on. Father, right now, you see those who have desperate need. You see those who, who need you to show up big in their lives. Lord, I pray, God, your grace and your power would manifest itself right now in their lives. God, I pray, Jesus, that the, the, the power of God to break the power of sin, God, would, would overshadow them. I pray, Father, God, your power and your love would be there. And I pray, Jesus, kingdom would expand the hearts and the lives of people right now. Jesus, you are the light that shines in darkness. You are the healer of brokenness. And, Lord Jesus, I pray, Father, that we would not just have a church meeting. We would be the church. And we'd expand the kingdom in the lives of other people. Jesus, we trust you and we bless you for that. We honor your name. It's in the great and awesome name of Jesus that we pray. That you're good, Jesus. Amen. Here's what I'll tell you. We're going to stand here and pray. If you need prayer, we'll be around. What we ask you do, though, is, is if you need to go get your kids or do whatever, that you just leave quietly and reverently and wait to talk till you get out down the hallway somewhere or something, okay? Go be the church of Jesus Christ.
win disciple send in your life. All right? You're free to go.